All right, welcome folks to Take the Points, week four of the college football season. There's a lot of games to talk about, a lot of um, coaching things happening. But uh, first, before we started, I wanted to bring up the number one trending topic on Twitter right now is a warning. Do not cook your chicken in NyQuil. So you know what that means, fellas. LSU football is back, baby. <laughs> that is preposterous, Tom. All right. Uh, that's that's my co-host, Dan. Um, but first, we're going to go to Ryan. Ryan Spillett in Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to bring back a segment we haven't done in a couple years, but it's time. The Herm Report. Ryan, has Herm Edwards been up to anything in the last week? Well, Tom, we're here in the Herm Chopper. We're circling <laughs> Papago Golf Course right now. I don't see his vehicle, but don't you worry. I'm buying a range pass there next week, and I'm going to try like hell to try to run into Herm in the parking lot. I know ASU gets their own kind of VIP section. I can't hit at his driving range. But it's the ASU course. It's like four miles from my house. It's like 50 bucks for a range pass. I'm just going to get the range pass next weekend so I can go on official Herm watch. I'm going to get an interview on my phone and we're going to play that on Take the Points. That's what Herm's up to because he doesn't have a job. But his former agent is the AD, so they're not going to revoke his golf membership. I have a feeling that's, that's locked in. So, I, I mean, an interview would be great, but in lieu of that, I have another suggestion is to uh, dress up like a devil and run up behind him and grab him and just scream. I told you I'd get you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about no devils. Dan, Dan Partridge. What of the many exciting things that happened last week? week three of college football, where do you want to start? Well, I think the highlight was for sure Herm getting um, met in the end zone by the AD following the loss to Eastern Michigan. Um, You know, you could be a football coach. You could be a manager. If you're a superior at work wants to meet with you on your off day, it's never good. They're never calling you in on your off day to tell you you're doing a good job. I'll tell you that much. So um, Herb should have known as he's walking off the field, it was the last time he'd be on the football field for Arizona State. I think that was the highlight of the week. Um, wow. I mean, he yeah. had a, he had a good run. Consider, I mean, not not a good run, <laughs> no, and it, no. not in that he did good, but much like Scott Frost or Clay Helton, he held on much longer than he should have. So that's a good uh, run in terms of you know our coaches and our tarmac report, which may come up soon in this podcast. It's going to be interesting to see who who takes over for Herm. Could be Urban Meyer, uh, could be Deion Sanders, but that's a pipe dream. Um. Who knows? Ryan wants it to be Deion Sanders. We all want it to be Deion Sanders. Fine time in the desert. I got a feeling it's going to be like the offensive coordinator for like TCU or something like that or, or something. I don't know. So I've but, seen um, I've seen an early list and you're not that far off. One of the prime candidates is the 32-year-old offensive coordinator for Oregon. Oregon yeah, lost go. by 40-some points to Georgia in week one and then crushed BYU. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's back in the the picture, but apparently he's an ASU grad and they seem to like him. 
BYU's head coach also in the mix. Not sure he would leave for Arizona state. Oregon state's coach was a name I heard. Uh, again, seems like somewhat of a lateral move. I know you guys as Phoenix boys may be offended by that, but like, where would you rank Arizona state as a job? How attractive is that? Tom, I am so intrigued by this BYU situation. That's the one. That's the that's the pipe dream number one. And here's why it's not impossible. What city in the U.S. has the second highest Mormon population? It's Phoenix. Behind, yeah. behind Provo, Salt Lake, whatever, Phoenix is number two in the country for highest Mormon population. So it's not impossible that he does come to, fee- to ASU and he would be ridiculous. He'd be so good. Do we know the reason behind that? Is it like the split with the um, polyamorous Mormons found solace in Phoenix or something like that? Or they just, like, no idea. or they just like the weather. It's very nice weather here. Or yeah. maybe, maybe they just like, they like the new metal restaurant. Hmm. Very possible. You think any Mormons, what percentage of Mormons do you think like new metal, Dan? 85, 85%. I'm, I'm thinking it's surprisingly high. It's higher than you, than I, it's higher than, than the nation average. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right. There's so much, there's a lot we could talk about, but I feel like by just getting into the lines, we're going to cover everything that we need to cover from last week. So uh, what do you say, Dan? Let's get right into it. Sounds good, Tom. Thursday night, West Virginia. At Virginia Tech, West Virginia minus one and a half, total 50 and a half. Ryan, your pick on this game is? Well, Dan, <laughs> I have some things about this game I want to talk about. <laughs> we, we, we have a tarmac report. We just had an end zone report for Herm. Well, with this game being West Virginia versus Va Tech, we have a Greyhound report this week. Because Mr. Neil Brown is not going to be getting on a plane for that short trip. However, he might not make the bus back. He might have to take the Greyhound separate from the team bus. Because it's tarmac time, people. Let's go. We've had a victim each week. Each victim has been on the tarmac in the top two spots. So we are riding high. We're going to jump right in. Number five, down in Florida. We always have him on here. He is a staple of the tarmac. Mr. Willie Taggart, you are back on after a week one where we let you slip. But don't worry. We got our eyes on you. Got absolutely thrashed by UCF. Now they have to go at Purdue this week. That is not going to end well. They're going to get smashed. Willie you might get left in Indiana. Number four, he got demolished this past week too. But don't worry, Dan's already prepared him a fallback career. Slanging chicken and catfish, Mr. Brian Harson, Down in Auburn, Alabama, Tom was not confident last week, was not willing to go out on a limb on a pick for that game. I said you were crazy. Penn State would roll, and they did. Yeah, I was wrong. You were right. I did get the under, 
somehow. Correct. Even though Penn State Correct. scored 41 because offense of Auburn was so inept. And that was, let me say as a Penn State fan, glorious to watch. I watched every second of that game. It was glorious for you. Not so great for Auburn fans or Auburn athletic administration. This week when they play Missouri, it very well could be a loser leaves town match a la WWF in the 90s. So they, they, um, somebody asked Charles Barkley, a reporter, if uh, he would consider going and being the new AD of Auburn. And his response was, they can't afford me. Correct. <laughs> if, if he turned down live golf Saudi money because they couldn't pay him enough, nobody else can pay him enough. Speaking of can't pay him enough, number three, oh boy. Carl Durrell. We've we've (laughs) given you, we've given you an opportunity. We're still at number three because the AD gave him a vote of confidence, which means he gets two more weeks before they actually fire him. Correct. That's how this works. So you're at number three this week. Enjoy it because you are a fast riser. Number two. I thought Lane was going to get a Shang Tsung early in the year. They didn't do it yet. But Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech, you are not long for this world. Probably another week or two. The ACC's surprisingly competent. And so they're just going to get absolutely rolled this year. They're not, they might not win a game in the conference. I don't think they're going to win an ACC game this year. And he's going to be gone. And at number one, as Dan mentioned, the aforementioned Neil Brown at West Virginia, you are favored by one and a half this week. If you lose to this sorry ass Vatek team in some awful way, which we all know is coming, don't turn <laughs> this game on until there's like 536 left in the game. That's going to be when it's going to get wild. Just ignore the rest and then just get ready for that because it's going to be great. And they're going to collapse and they're going to fire Neil Brown and he's going to have to take a Greyhound home. If he was smart, he would have his wife drive their car up to the game to watch. So in case they fire him, he can ride home with his wife, unless he hates his wife, in which case, get a Greyhound bus ticket. You don't want to mess with Amtrak. I know they solved the strike. Don't, don't deal with them right now. Don't risk it. That's the tarmac, folks. Very nice. They'll put the strike back on if Brown and Durrell are trying to get on that train. The deal's off. Um, I was reminded earlier this week of, I believe it was the 90 season or 91 when uh, Georgia Tech and Colorado split a national championship. Could be the two worst teams this year. They're really bad. They both need a, a complete overhaul. Yeah, 30 years can make quite a difference. All right. Absolutely. Um, This is, I got to say, this is like the most talent I think we've had top to bottom on the tarmac. You know, we always have a good top two or three, but usually, you know, five, usually five spot is somebody kind of like working their way onto the tarmac early. It's, it's all, all killer, no filler (laughs) this week. We got a great season. Right. We're not an album. We're, we're a mix CD these days. 
Oh, I mean, this shit is like Zeppelin four. I mean, it's just loaded. <laughs> it's just loaded front to back. Anyway, Dan, what else do we got on the lines? All right. I'm ready now. It's time for some lines. We're going to go fast tonight. Half hour blitz. It's going to be a good. We're going to start right off in the carrier dome with the unfairly unranked Syracuse Orange at home laying 10 and a half to Virginia. Total 53. Uh, Syracuse's offensive coordinator was the offensive coordinator at Virginia last year. So a little, a little bit of insider there. Syracuse with a thrilling game against Purdue last week where like 43 points were scored in the last eight minutes or some nonsense like that. And uh, Syracuse is able to pull out a win. All right, Tom, what do you think? Ten and a half too many for Syracuse to lay here, or are they a legit machine going to 4 and 0? First off, the failure of pollsters to rank both Syracuse and Kansas is appalling, and uh, I'd like to file a complaint with the board. Uh, secondly, yeah, I mean, Syracuse will keep rolling with a W, but I don't know that I can lay 11 points with the Cuse. I don't really know much about Virginia. Um, I, I would, I guess, tentatively side with Syracuse because I'm certainly not going to bet on a Virginia team this year, but I think it's the, the lines are starting to get a little bit high for my liking. Ryan, you seem to disagree. Not high enough. Last week, our listeners were treated to an easy, easy Old Dominion plus eight and a half pick given out he, right here on this show. They covered that. They lost the game 16-14. That's right. Virginia cannot score at all. Syracuse is going to smash them. They're going to get up early, and then they're just going to run and run and run all day. Virginia is awful. They're this. They're as bad as Georgia Tech. Not quite that bad, but they're 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 the second worst team in the ACC. All right, Dan, Dan. What do you think? Um, no clue. Actually, I think the line's exactly right. It's a stay away for me. I'm scared to lay points with Syracuse. I I, I have a hard time thinking Syracuse can keep this up. I feel like they're they're due to lose a game or uh, have a close one. By the way, Syracuse is uh is uh, the odds are down to 60 to one to win the ACC. If you're up for a little flyer there. Half of me does feel like, you know, you joked about last week that they could go on a little run and win, especially after seeing Miami look pretty bad, who I thought Mm -hmm. would be the, the alternative to Clemson. Syracuse seems like, you know, if Clemson's not going to win it, who else, who better than Syracuse? I mean, Wake Forest, maybe. Um, I still think Miami will be in that conversation, but Cuse has to be in that like top four conversation. So I know it's surprising, but, but right. then the, uh, the, sorry, the, the long time, you know, Syracuse resident, uh, Cuse fan in me thinks they're going to lose this game outright. So I'd like to point yep. out also that Syracuse defense, I don't know if you guys know their nickname, but they are calling their, themselves the Syracuse mob, which is, I don't know if it's intentional, but to me, that's like a little brother type takeoff of the bills mafia. Kind of. It's like a little league version of Bill's Mafia. Makes sense. All right, moving on. Another quick Friday game I want to talk about. Speaking of teams that can't score against teams that run all day, Nevada at Air Force. Ignore the Air Force loss at Wyoming. That's one of the hardest places to play. Nevada 
shut out by Iowa, 27-0. That's right. Iowa covered the 21 and the under of 37, which is almost impossible, but it did come in. Go ahead and lay it with Air Force. They should run for about 700 yards on Nevada and uh, blow them out. I don't think we need to talk any more about that game. All right, we're going to Saturday. Here's a fun one. 9 a.m., early slate, Maryland at Michigan. Um, We don't know a lot about either team because they really haven't played anyone, but we know the returning players from last year. We got uh, Tua's little brother at quarterback. Maryland's got some NFL-caliber wide receivers. Michigan has played the easiest schedule in the country, without a doubt, coming off of two grueling wins over UConn and Hawaii the last two weeks. Um, we're going to find out a lot about, um, Michigan. Well, not a lot. I mean, it's just Maryland, but we'll, I mean, we'll find something out, I guess. Um, 16 and a half total 65 and a half Tom big 10 expert. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Maryland's no good. Michigan's going to roll over them and cover this. Um, but getting back to Michigan, having the easiest schedule, uh, I want to actually just read it off for our listeners, because I don't think people understand how easy this is. First off, of their 12 games, eight at home this season, four on the road, which doesn't seem legitimate at all, Uh, wins over Colorado State, Hawaii, and uh, UConn by an average of about 55 points so far. Uh, Then they get Maryland at home. Maryland, you know, they're somewhat competitive as opposed to like, their first 10 years in the big 10, but um, they're still not good. And and Michigan's just too much for them. Michigan gets their first, what you may call tough game next weekend on the road at Iowa, which would traditionally would be a tough game. And, you know, it's a tough spot to play, but Iowa, as we know, is very not good this year. Then they're, then they're at Indiana, Penn state at home, Michigan state at home. They get a bye week between those two games. Rutgers on the road, Nebraska, who sucks at home, Illinois, who sucks at home. And you could argue their first like real challenge. I mean, I guess the Penn State will be a challenge, but then their next real challenge is the Ohio State game on November 26th. So they have, you know, assuming little brother goes in and gives them a tough match. They have at best three tough games. It, it doesn't get any easier than that in modern day football. So expect like expect a uh, eleven and zero Michigan ranked like number two in the country going into Ohio State, just the way America likes it. I think you're right, Tom. Uh, for this game, I'm going to take the over sixty five and a half. I think Maryland will be able to score some points. I think Michigan will move the ball pretty well as well, pretty well as well. And um, I wouldn't want an under in this game. This is a game. It could be like a. 28, 24 at half, and then Michigan pulling away 52-34 or something like that. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to take the over and have some fun with it. This next game, I will not be taking an over. Clemson at Wake Forest. Uh, Clemson minus seven, total 55 and a half. Sam Hartman back for Wake Forest. Wake Forest looking good. Sneaky 3-0 team at home. Clemson still with the offensive struggles. you know, but elite defense, um, you know, it, it, it's been the same old story now for, I don't know, two and a half years with Clemson. Um, 
this is weird. You know, Clemson has more talent. Uh, Wake Forest is at home. Clemson can't score. I'll take Wake in the seven at home. I don't love it, but if I got to take a pick, I'm taking I'm taking the superior quarterback, and I'll take him at home and an early start and maybe catch Clemson sleeping a little bit. Ryan, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I, I don't have a great feel for this game at all. I'm just, I, I really don't have a feel for Clemson. I mean, that's the big issue is I really don't have a great feel for Clemson. Um, for me, it's probably the under in this game. I think there's a chance this game ends up being, you know, 24-17, 23-17, something like that. So for me, I'm going to just stay away from a pick and take the under. The yeah, so I, I also like the under. Um, Clemson's defense has been elite pretty much this whole time. It's really just the offense that struggled. I don't think you can lay seven and a half points with this Clemson offense. I, even if their defense stifles Wake, I think Wake's got a great quarterback and a great offense and can score enough to keep it competitive. So um, I don't love either bet, bet, but you know Wake and the seven and a half and an under – Hey Ryan, um, if you were to do a tarmac report for quarterbacks, uh, what you know, what danger level would DJ Uyunglele be at right now? Uh, he has approximately five possessions left in his career. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to make the most of his first half in this game because if Wake is up like twenty-one three at the half, he's getting yanked. So. Yeah, he's, his seat is very, very hot. Yeah, and this is why I'm hesitant to bet Clemson at all this season because I do feel like he's getting the hook at some point. And, you know, based on history, you think about Kelly Bryant and, you know, that situation. Clemson is a great quarterback away from being the same old Clemson, you know? Mm-hmm. One or two personnel changes and, you know, one or two guys really emerge from that bench. And I feel like they're right back to being a playoff caliber team. So I I don't think I can bet them until they actually go ahead and make the move. And we see, or, or if Dabo comes out and says, you know, we're definitely not changing quarterbacks because I want to get fired. And Dan, speaking of Dabo getting fired, a totally hypothetical situation, but we're, you know, We've done our famous coaches restaurant segment where we take a coach who's in danger of losing their job. And, uh, you as a restaurant industry, industry expert, you try to, um, find them a new career in a restaurant that best suits their skill set. Now, Dabo's not actually in danger of getting fired, but if he were, and his only backup career was to run a restaurant, Dan, which, which restaurant would Dabo Sweeney run? Thanks, Tom. Well, Clemson football, as you know, came out of nowhere. They took the country by storm, becoming the number one product in college football from basically ashes to the pinnacle of the college football industry, so to speak. And there would be no better place for for him to work than Popeye's Fried Chicken. Because Popeye's chicken sandwich took the world by storm out of nowhere. But now that the, um, you know, the sparkle and luster of the chicken sandwich has worn off, we have questions about where it's going from here. Much like Clemson football. They reached the mountaintop and, then, you know, they were, they were on stage against Alabama, you know, talking about if you don't want your coach all up in your videos, come to Death Valley. 
They had players being drafted high. Trevor Lawrence, freshman, beating Alabama, blowing them out. And now there's questions about if if they're the same team, if they're on the decline. You know, Dabo's not really into the transfer portal as much as other coaches. Popeyes feels like they've already peaked with the chicken sandwich. And now I don't know if there's something that they can do to get back to the top. So I see some parallels. Popeyes colors are orange. Clemson's colors are orange. It's a natural progression. I think Dabo would do well at Popeyes looking for the next fried chicken. And I, and I don't know if he'd be able to find it. So uh, I think Popeyes and Dabo go hand in hand. You did a nice job with this one. It's tough to get a coach who's actually pretty decent and do this. It's easy when you're making fun of Brian Hartson and calling him the catfish king or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, well, well done. Well done, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. All right. What's next on um, the slate? Uh, early slate Saturday. Uh, easy pick Georgia at home against Kent state laying 45 and a half Georgia take them. They're the best team in the country. The Mac is awful this year. This feels like 59 zero. All right, moving along. Wait, no, I actually think Kent state's going to win this one outright. Do you were okay. You're crazy. <laughs> oh, okay. Spe- speaking of, of, of hypothetical real quick. Um, I want to point this out. If we could pool all of our money together, I need to get a hundred thousand um, dollars combined together. But let me, just hear me out. On DraftKings, Alabama to win the AC or to win the SECs plus one ten. On FanDuel, Georgia to win the SECs plus one ten. Let's bet fifty thousand on each side, and then when one of them wins it, we get five thousand dollars profit, and we'll just use that on Super Bowl tickets for when the Bills make the Super Bowl and everybody wins. I mean, this is the easiest. Who the fuck's winning the SEC besides those two teams? It's not happening. There's no zero. There's no chance. I will, I will be broke and be living in a shack down by the river. It don't matter. But that's the best plus 110 on each side you could ever ask for. Am I wrong on that? That's Hey, that's where being our show's Vegas outsider comes in handy. That seems like an automatic win. I don't know if I have a hundred grand lying around to do this with the wife might not, not, not be too fond of that. We need to take um, auto uh, title loans. We need to put mortgages uh, on reverse mortgages. We need to sell posters, the memorabilia and whatever we got. I need to get a hundred grand together in the next week, guys. Uh, you know, just, you know, see what you can do. Move some money around send it my way and we're going to place this bet and it's the easiest. I mean, what I'll happened? What happened to Dan? To oh, I give him a, I give him a hundred grand to bet on Georgia, Alabama, huh. and then just never heard from him again. I, somebody told me they spotted <laughs> him in Norway, but can't be confirmed. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to cope with the hundred grand, but then right as the game kicks, I'm going to say, just to let you know, I put it all on Georgia for a sweat. <laughs> just, just to let you know. So, um, but anyway, I thought that was interesting. Just want to point that out. If you're a millionaire, there's some easy money to make. Um, okay. Uh, another early slate game on Saturday. I, I want to talk about TCU at SMU. Um, TCU minus a point and a half on the road. Total 70 and a half. This is going to sound crazy. Um, I think the fastest team I've seen the entire year has been TCU. Um, they are electric and way underrated, and they're coming off a bye week. I love them minus the point and a half. I think the over is probably coming in as well, but I really like TCU minus the point and a half. Um, 
I don't know if you got anything to say on this one, Ryan, but uh, Horn Frogs underrated this year. Yeah, I like TCU, um, but but the thing I like the most is the over in this game. I mean, TCU is well rested, like you said, coming off a bye. SMU two and one, playing decent, playing fast as well. Like we forget, they got Mordecai uh, playing quarterback. He's already thrown for over a thousand yards in three yeah. games. Like he's chucking it all over the place. So over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns already. So I like the over 70 and a half is actually kind of low for this type of matchup. I thought it would be more like 74 and a half, 75 and a half. So I think you're getting a little bit of value here. TCU overhook. All right. Moving on to the game of the week, Tom Duke, Finally. at Kansas, Kansas minus seven and a half. Two elite programs. Someone's going to be four and zero after this game. Seven and a half for Kansas. Sixty-six and a half. Tom, take it. Yes, the Im- immovable object and the force. I forget how that saying goes, but two great mm-hmm. programs. Uh, Duke had a win over Northwestern right after Northwestern barely beat Nebraska. I think people thought that was impressive because they always think Nebraska's good. But Duke's three wins are not nearly as impressive as Kansas's three wins, uh, beating some quality Big 12 opponents. So I am rolling with the Rock Chalk Jayhawk until further notice, until Lance Leopold gets offered the Nebraska job and decides he wants to ruin his career and takes it and gets on the tarmac report in three weeks. I'm going to keep going with the Jayhawks. I think they're for real. By for real, I mean like, you know, a seven win or six win bowl caliber team. It's a huge improvement. I mean, he's going to win coach the year if they, if they make a bowl game. Yeah. I think, I think Kansas football pretty good. Yeah. Ryan, you got anything on this one? No, I, the the half point kind of scares me. If it was six and a half, Kansas is the easy lock pick, but seven and a half is a little, little backdoory for my taste. Yeah. I like the over, and I think that's it for me. Um, He's got to live right, on the edge. On. Live on the edge. It's very difficult to lay seven and a half with Kansas. I still I can't get that through my head. Um, all right, moving on to the three thirty Eastern slate. Uh, Florida at Tennessee. Tennessee minus ten and a half. Total sixty two and a half. Tom, who had a longer Heisman campaign, Anthony Richardson or Kenny Trill? Who who had the longer, was it like four days, seven days? I'm not sure, but uh, the... No, the Kenny, the, Kenny Trill didn't make it out of week one. So Richardson, I guess... Pretty close. Well, they have the week zero, so it's not really a fair comparison, you know? It's that scheduling issue. Neither team made it to learn. Neither player made it to Labor Day. There should be a Kenny Trill award on this to go with our Zach Mills award. We should make a Kenny Trill award. Anthony Richardson's the winner. uh, uh, This one. So um, anyway, I like Tennessee. I think they're going to smash Florida. I think this is years of um, hatred built up. We've talked about this for years. Whenever you play an in-conference opponent and you normally lose to them year after year, you have them at home and you're a better team, look for uh, a woodshed. Uh, Hypo last week up 59 to six against like Akron is still throwing the ball. They punched it in 
with a like 50 seconds ago, they, they ran it in instead of taking knees. Uh, he's out for blood. He just got paid, uh, got an extension. I like Tennessee to win by 28 points this game. Ryan, you got anything? No, this is for me the, the game I'm most in, interested in watching because I need to figure out exactly what both these teams are. So I'm going to stay away from this one, but I'm going to watch it with a very careful eye. Z. Complete disagree. Florida Ooh. slightly underrated at this point. Tennessee overrated at this point. I think this is a close game. I think if Tennessee's hanging close with Pitt, I think Florida's superior to Pitt. And I think it'll be a physical game. And uh, I think it's going to be like 30-27. So I'll take those points all day. How dare you say Florida's superior to Pitt? You must be on drugs. All right, we're moving on here. Not um, as a place, just as a team. Thank you. Here's one that I, I absolutely love, and it's because of what happened last week. Middle Tennessee State at Miami. Miami minus 26.5, total 52.5. Not sure about the spread, but Middle Tennessee State uh, installed the air raid in the offseason. It's one thing you should know, playing against Miami. Miami had 27 first downs last week against AM and didn't score a touchdown. That's the most first downs by a team without scoring a touchdown in 23 years in college football, which is a pretty good stat. Um, look for Miami to score some points, especially against Middle Tennessee State. Look for Middle Tennessee State to score some points using the air raid, too. 52 and a half is really low for college. Really, really, really like this over in this game. And I, I think it comes in, I think it flies in, honestly. Um, big fan of that one. All right. The other interesting, speaking of overs flying in, uh, Notre Dame at North Carolina. North Carolina, minus one, over under 56. This game opened as Notre Dame minus three. It's now as high as North Carolina minus two in some books, and it's going to keep going that way. Um, North Carolina, uh, as you know, three and oh with a uh, with some high scoring games. Notre Dame, extremely offensive challenge. They eked out a win against Cal at home last week, thanks to a couple sketchy calls. Um, I think this line should be a lot higher than two. I think it should be North Carolina minus seven to 10. Honestly, I think it's just the Notre Dame name, keeping it that close. People think this is the Brian Kelly Notre Dame team when reality it's a like, uh, Bob Davies, Notre Dame team, you know, which is a, which is a really harsh comment. Um, I like North Carolina to win this game. I'm not sure about the total just because Notre Dame's offense is so bad. Their defense held Ohio State down. But uh, I think UNC goes to 4 now. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on the line for sure. That is Notre Dame branding and, you know, global recognition because they've done nothing on the field to merit this close line with uh, 3-0 and UNC. Now, UNC, as we all know, is somewhat shaky and will blow a game or five later this season. But yes. in terms of gambling, like I, I think that's the only logical move is to go with the team that we know can score that has a good coach, a proven coach. And you know, that's three and zero versus the team who could easily be zero and three has a, a new coach who we all think is, a, he seems like a nice guy personally, but on the field, you know, the product's not there and maybe it's the players. Maybe he hasn't had a scheme. Maybe he's new. Who knows what the reason is, but 
This is one of the worst Notre Dame teams we've seen in a long time. They're bad. Yeah. Brian. UNC. Very good. Okay. Uh, moving on. Oregon travels to Washington State. Uh, Oregon minus six and a half, total 57 and a half. Oregon coming off a big win over BYU um, at home. Washington State, 3-0 and uh, with a win at Wisconsin and um, underrated defense. I'm not sure if Oregon can play on the road. I don't know if it's just they played Georgia in the state of Georgia and everyone would get killed if that was them. Um, but – if Pat Narduzzi is the coach where you think you know what's going to happen and it flips, I think Bo Nix is the quarterback equivalent of Narduzzi. Where throughout his career, you're like, oh, man, I just saw him beat Alabama. They're so good. And, like, they're going to lose the next week to, like, Georgia Tech. Um, I don't trust Bo Nix, especially on the road in small uh, Pullman, Washington. Give me Washington State at home plus the six and a half. I'm not laying points with Oregon on the road. Um, Ryan, what do you think about this one? Over, 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 over. 57 and a half, no way. This, this for me, this that's the easy play. I'm going to take the over in this game. Very good. Well, here's a game that I'm sure that you're going to touch. And knowing you, you'll only watch this game and nothing else the entire day. Iowa at Rutgers. Iowa minus seven and a half. (laughs) Iowa minus seven and a half. Total 34 and a half. For this one. All (laughs) right. Oh, first, uh, first off, I'll be watching three hours of the big 10 network. I'm going to see 17 (laughs) ads for clear duct tape. I'm going to see 18 ads for a spray can that fixes holes in a boat. I'm going to see 30 ads for uh, Duluth underwear, like flannel underwear. I'm going to see all the big 10 classics. I'm going to see, you know, promos for uh, the Brooke Bollinger story coming up on Tuesday night. I can't (laughs) wait. (laughs) Rutgers. The question is, can they chop wood against the Iowa defense? Because we know what the Iowa offense is capable of, and it's basically nothing. So uh, I lost this one. Where's what's the line? Oh yeah. Seven and a half. Yeah. You cannot lay seven and a half points with this Iowa offense. (laughs) Um, so Rutgers set plus 7.5 has to be the pick, especially in New Jersey. But I think more importantly, Dan, we need to, we need to just make a note of the total. What's the lowest total you ever have remembered seeing in your life for college football? This is it. I think this is, I think this is it. So we said, I said, um, a week Outside or two of ago. Army Navy, which doesn't count. Army Navy does not count. That, okay, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, some, that's, that's, different. that's in its own world. But this is as low as it gets. And if and, you bet it over, it's you're not crazy. low enough. So no, we, I mean, we talked, I believe it was last week. might've been two weeks ago about how Vegas was. Vegas is afraid. They used to be afraid to go too high on the over under. They got over that fear and now they're setting, you know, totals that are, Super high, you know, approaching 80 points. I've seen low 80s totals. Um, they were always afraid to go under 40 with the total. And occasionally you'd get that Big Ten game that was 39 and a half, almost always involved Iowa. But 34 and a half, I mean, that, that's, really, <laughs> that's really a step down. So they're pushing That's five it. touchdowns. There's no way. 
So, so yeah, I, well, I'm betting the under, but I commend the so folks in Vegas for, for doing what I'm sure makes them very uncomfortable, but it needs to be done. And soon, Dan, maybe this season, God willing, we will get a big 10 game with a total in the twenties. That is my dream. <laughs> and I believe, I believe we can finally crack. We can crack that barrier. Destroying uh, the, like uh, to- the glass floor. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, I would like to point out uh, Spencer Petrus's numbers on the year. Through three full games, 12 quarters of play, 376 yards passing and one touchdown in 12, 12 quarters. That's I want to point out what I think is the, funniest, the funniest college football um, tweet of the year, which is uh, uh, Thor. I forget his name. You know, Thor from uh, the NBC nice Sports. Yeah, great, yeah. great commentator. Um, he posted a video of some... Um, uh, woman, uh, analyst, like in a booth playing one of those carnival style games. She threw a football and knocked over like four milk jugs in a row. And his comment was, I I wish Spencer Petrus could do that. (laughs) I love Thor. Just a gem, Um, gem of a quote. Very good. All right. Also same time slot, Arkansas, Texas, A&M, A&M minus two at home, total 48 and a half. Give me Arkansas on the money line. They will smash mouth AM. The Arkansas machine rolls on. AM lucky to escape last week. They scored 17 points at home against an ACC team. They ain't scoring that much against Arkansas. Uh, I think this is pretty clear. What do you think, Ryan? Arkansas and the under hook it together. This game is going to be like 27 13. Maybe might get maybe 30 13, but I think this is the underhook play. See, oh, I, I don't care. I do, I just, That's, I just want to laugh at the AM number 23 ranking. They just can't, it's such a joke. They just can't let go of AM. They love them so much. No. Well, you know, it's okay. After they lose this week, they'll be out of the top 25, no, but they'll still they'll, be receiving no, votes. They'll be, they'll, they'll, they'll be, be ranked like 25. They will never drop out. They just be a, can't let them go. It'll be a quality loss. Oh God. They'll actually, they'll extend the poll to the top 26. Okay. Moving on night game, Wisconsin at Ohio state, Ohio state minus 18 total 57. Ohio state scored 11 touchdowns last week. That same amount of passing touchdowns. CJ Stroud has on the year already. Z, can Wisconsin keep this close or is this an epic woodshed? This is a tough one. I think, you know, Wisconsin losing to Washington State is not really encouraging. And Ohio State putting up their, you know, monster point totals against garbage opponents is pretty typical early season Ohio State. But they did struggle a little bit against the defensive team of Notre Dame. Granted, it's the first week. You had no uh, Jackson Smith Najigba. So... It's not the best thing to go on. Um, I think Wisconsin's going to keep it close in the first half. Um, Defense, running, physical game. And uh, I do think it's going to get away from them toward the end. So I think Ohio State probably covers this. But I I don't think it's going to be the blowout that many people expect. There. Ryan, any thoughts? Pass. That's what I figured. 
Big Ten. Um, I think it's funny how, like, it's obvious for me to know who to go to for each game. And then sometimes I throw it to the other person just to hear them say, I don't care, just for my own personal amusement, which I enjoy. Um, all right, we're going to do a couple late-night West Coast games, and then feel free to talk about any ones I missed. Um, USC at Oregon State. USC laying six and a half, total 71. Disappointed Jake Hayner got hurt on Saturday night, which cost me the over in the USC game. Um, but USC's offense looks great. Oregon State, sneaky, 3-0 team. Tough place to play football there in Corvallis. That's why the line's 6.5 and, and not 9.5. Ryan, any thoughts on this one? Like you said, this is a really, really tough place to play. Oregon State's got a little bit of confidence right now. I would be a little bit nervous uh, taking USC, but if you want to go money line and an overhook, that's the great play. I'm, the six and a half that has some backdoor potential because of missed extra points uh, in Oregon that happens out there. So I'm going to take the over, and USC is a pretty easy money line pick. All right, sounds good. All right, another late one. Utah at Arizona State. Utah minus 14, taking on the Herm edwards list Arizona State Sun Devils. Tom, is there any factor to an interim coacher not having Herm on the line of 14 and 54 for a total in this game? Do you lean any sides based on historical information? Now, this is one of the uh, ones where you throw to me knowing that I don't care and don't have much to say. Unless you're setting me up for something I'm blanking on, but I'm not uh, setting you up. I just, you know, I was, I mean, no, you know, I, just, I mean, traditionally I, there's no I herm. think there's usually a bump when a bad coach gets fired and the interim, especially if it's an assistant, beloved assistant, I feel like there's a bump. Now, uh, Mickey Joseph of Nebraska kind of disproved that theorem last week. Uh, I don't even know who's <laughs> coaching Arizona state this week. So I'm Sean just, Aguano. Oh yes, Aguano. Yes, the <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot about that. Forget? All right, just because of uh, the Ace Ventura bump, I'm going to say Sean Aguano makes it a little uncomfortable for Utah, a little hot in these rhinos for the Utah offense. Mm-hmm. I think they keep it close. Ryan, what do you think on this one? I think Utah is going to absolutely woodshed them. This is going to be like old school Utah. Well, not old school, but recent years Utah. I like the Utah under hook. This looks like it potentially could be like a 41 to 3 type of game. Possible. Uh, I'm going to take Arizona State. Uh, I was able to not bet Nebraska last week, which I'm so happy I did it clearly. Um, it's going to be really hot on Saturday here in Tempe, uh, about 105 degrees. Uh, Utah, I don't think, has played in anything like that, that you know, this whole year. I think they the were just in, they're in Florida week. They're in Florida week one. Oh, they weren't. And Half they the roster is from quarter. Miami. That's true, but they did fade in the fourth quarter. So I'll take the four team at Arizona State to cover and lose and also take an under in this game as well. I feel uh, Utah win 27 to 20 and uh, everyone's happy in this one. And last but not least, Stanford at Washington, Washington minus 14 total 63 and a half. What else is there to say? Michael Penix jr. 
already over a thousand yards, 10 touchdown passes, love their head coach, smash Michigan State. This is like the coolest Washington team we've had in a long time, and they're actually fun to root for, which is really great. Um, Stanford, I watched them play against USC. They went up and down the field against USC. Uh, big fan of the over a 63 and a half in this game. I think both teams can get in the 30s or 40s. Uh, I like the over a lot in this game. Anybody have any other comments on this game? I mean, I just I want to give you a shout out, Dan, because I was in Seattle, Washington, uh, at the Washington campus earlier this uh, summer in August before the season began. And I, I think I told you I was there or sent you a picture or something like that. And you said, I really like Washington this year. You said Penix mm-hmm. is going to be great. Kalen DeBoer is a really good coach. And uh, you think they made all the right moves in the off season and that they were going to be good. And I, I mean, I can't speak for you, but like this surpasses even what I imagine both our expectations were thinking they were going to be good. They've looked real good and they laid it to Michigan state who I don't think is a terrible team. I mean, I think Michigan state plays Minnesota and that's going to be a pretty even matchup against a decent Minnesota team. So for a team that mm-hmm. hasn't been good in a couple of years, new coach, transfer quarterback who's had injury problems, to come in and just take a Michigan State team behind the woodshed is really, really impressive and probably the most impressive win of last week, I think, aside from Georgia, who just kicks the shit out of everyone. Correct. No, I mean, I, I keep saying, I think Washington had the best offseason coaching hire of anybody. And I, I think I think there's a chance he's only there another year until Pete Carroll gets fired in Seattle and he could take over the Seahawks head job. I really, I really think this is going to happen. You've heard it here first, Kalen DeBoer, Seahawks coach, and, and, and they'll take like CJ Stroud with like the third overall pick. That's my, that's my prediction of the year. Um, and an, I mean, another right, well, thing, all, hey, sorry, but we ahead. had talked about, you know, in addition to the Zach Mills award and a lot of our awards are uh, a little facetious or, you know, poke a little fun at people, but we wanted to have a good award this season. So at the end of this year, we're going to give out a um, impact transfer player award. We haven't named it yet, but Michael Penix leader in the clubhouse might even have to name it the, the Penix award or something. I like the way that sounds. It's good. The Penix pump. <laughs> we'll work Very on, good. We'll workshop. Penix enhancer. The Penix Enhancer. That's good. that's good. Okay. I like that. It's got a good ring to it. All right. That um, is the tentative well, title of this award. <laughs> Very good. Well, that's all the games I wanted to talk about. Tom, do you have some ones you want to briefly mention? Yeah, I got I got a few we can go through quickly. Um, first off, Dan, I don't have a pick for this game, but we must acknowledge the ULL versus ULM matchup. Do you want to make a pick just based on history? Oh, under. Spet the under. It's a lot of players from Louisiana that know each other. And there's going to be some physical, dirty play in that game. Um, Oklahoma minus 13 against Kansas State coming off a loss against Tulane. Uh, Kansas State not looking great. I mean, I know they, they were flat for this game and you'd think they'd show up, but I think you got to go Bad. Oklahoma in this one. 13 doesn't I'm seem not- like that much. Yeah, I'm. I'm not taking Taylor Martinez plus any points anytime soon. So there's it's uh, Oklahoma or nothing. Yeah, they definitely got that uh, Nebraska stink on them. Um, well, Alabama minus forty one against Vandy. 
uh, with the over under 58. Um, Vandy can score or they have been scoring, but I think this, this is going to be one of those uh, 52 to seven games. So uh, it yep. actually might be close to the Ryan Spillett window of a cover and an under. Um, and then, you know, LSU, I don't have a pick, but I just want to say how uh, your boy Jaden Daniel from Arizona state has been pretty impressive. I rank him among the top, you know, three or four LSU quarterbacks of the last, you know, 15 years, you know, obviously way behind Burrow, probably not at like a Zach Mettenberger level, Matt Flynn, but like aside from those guys, you know, he seems to be a competent LSU quarterback so far. So we'll see how that goes. We might not want to count Brian Kelly out just yet. Uh, Speaking of shitty coaches, Purdue minus 20, Purdue one and two with uh, two really tough losses to Syracuse and Penn State, both really good teams. Um, mm-hmm. But Purdue can score, and they're pretty good. And Florida Atlantic, uh, as Ryan mentioned, not great. So that's going to be a, um, you know, Purdue finally gets their due and uh, mixed with an anti-Taggart bat. Uh, and then, Oof. you know, Vegas, every year they fly too close to the sun. They see UConn get beat by 50 and 80 and 90. And then they just start setting the lines too high against our Huskies. NC state minus 39 against the Huskies is too high. Dan, we finally oh reached the point. I'm not saying I don't think so. You don't think so. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think the UConn Huskies are capable of covering a 39 point line against a mediocre NC state team. Oh boy. Do not take the points. No, wait, That's listen, a painful way. Will I put my actual money behind this bet? Of course not because I'm not foolish, but again, this is a, uh, I want to bring this up also cause it's a great Ryan spill at window minus 39 line total 49 and a half. So what they're saying is you're going to get a 46 to three win. 45, nothing. Oh boy. Let's do it. Uh, and I think that covers everything I want to mention. Ryan, any other games you want to touch upon before we call it a day? I know you mentioned the the Purdue game was a big one for me and um, Oklahoma. So those are the only two I liked. What would you have to pay either of you to watch the entire UCLA against Colorado game? I'm going to need uh, 45 bucks an hour and a pizza and wings and a bottle of scotch. It's too much. I mean, it's too, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not enough. Like watching the game for that is still too much to handle. That game's at 11 a.m. Pacific, by the way. That's preposterous. That's preposterous. So bad. UCLA was, uh, was losing to South Alabama in the second half last week. Dorian Thompson Robinson. I got my eye on you for some postseason awards. Year eight. He's 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 single handedly killing Chip Kelly. He somehow like he's, he died. was getting COVID years in 2019 somehow. If Chip Kelly dies of a heart attack tomorrow, there's no need for a coroner's report. We know who <laughs> killed him. Death by DTR. That's correct. All right, fellas. Uh, a couple minutes left. I just want to ask you a simple question. You know, the new top 25 is out. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Uh, all top three as usual. Are there any other teams? 
that you guys think at this point actually look like legit contenders or at least like playoff number four teams? Like who else actually looks good to you? I mean, obviously it's going to be Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama. So, it, you know, there's just one spot left. It's probably USC, Oklahoma, or Clemson. Um, if all three of them go undefeated, then that, you know, is a mess to, to figure out who, who will get in. Um, I think of those three teams, I, I think they'll find a way to lose a couple of games. Um I think this would be a good year for a, for an eight team playoff. Um, uh, but I, I mean, outside of those six, it falls off a cliff. It really, it's really bad. I mean, I mean you've and, got a, you've got a Michigan, one loss Michigan potential. Yeah. Michigan will be the seventh team and the eighth team. I don't know. I mean, if Quinn Ewers was healthy at Texas and they would have beat Alabama, I think you would have to give them one of the slots. I mean, I don't know. Um, but you know, I don't buy Wake Forest or NC State or Syracuse. I don't buy anyone else in the Big Twelve. What about Washington's what about Ole Miss? Story. Ole Miss, Washington. Now, Luke Altmeyer sucks at quarterback, and Ole Miss is going to eventually lose three or four games this year. It's just it's going to happen. But you know, I think there's like eight teams who could almost run the table, and outside of that, it's a pretty much a shit show this year. But We'll find out. Ask me that question on October 2nd. Arkansas? Correct. Arkansas, Alabama, October 1st. They're the the team that is the most intriguing to me. Obviously, they can't take three SEC teams, but if anyone's going to put a scare into Alabama this year and – really push that narrative. I think it's going to be Arkansas in two weeks. That game's going to be the game of the year. Dan, clear your schedule. We're, we're, we're going to watch that game so we can just we, – we're going to hang out. We're going to eat a bunch of food. We're going to watch that game, and then we'll go to the Krungbin show after that because that's the oh, yeah. same day. Good call. Very good. All right, so uh, Arkansas – Maybe has a chance. I'd like, I don't think Kentucky has a real chance because Georgia is just so good, but they do look, you know, pretty solid. Uh, I want to see a little more out of USC. They certainly appear to be back, but I'd like them to win a couple more quality games before I give them that. I mean, to me, Oklahoma has been the most impressive aside from those three. I mean, they've been winning solidly, just beating people down. So uh, there's certainly a drop off after number three, but I guess we'll see soon. All right. Thank you all for listening. We are not going to have a show next week. So we'll be back in two weeks to cover week five, six. I've lost track. Uh, Anyway. Six, I think. Anyway, uh, you know, enjoy a week off and uh, we'll see you again in two weeks. Thanks for listening.